Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 50. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key editor in Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. Welcome to our NCAA Week 4 College Football Pick'em of the Week segment. Each week, we're going to do pick them of two of the best noon Saturday games, two of the best late afternoon games, and two of the featured late Saturday night primetime games of the week. And we will also include our music news segment. But tonight, we have a special treat. We have so many incredible games this week. But with our first game, we've got the Florida State Seminoles versus the Clemson Tigers. The Florida State Seminoles come into the game with a record of 3-0 for this season. In their last contest, the Seminoles took the field against the Boston College Eagles and walked away with a win by a score of 31-29. Jordan Travis connected on 15-24 with 222 yards passing and two touchdowns. He had a quarterback rate of 167.7 and ended the contest with no interceptions. Very clean game for him. Rodney Hill was the rushing leader for the Seminoles with five carries for 42 yards. The Florida State Seminoles rushed the ball a total of 34 times for 128 yards. In all, they ran 58 plays, which gave them 350 yards. Florida State allowed 20 completions on 34 attempts for 305 yards and a completion percentage of 58%. The Seminoles gave up 152 yards on 41 tries. The Seminoles have earned 1,398 total yards for the season. When it comes to getting in the end zone, Florida State has earned 10 passing touchdowns and 8 rushing. They have given the ball to the opposition 3 times. Florida State has earned 68 first downs offensively and they have been hurt by 15 infractions for 154 yards. The Seminoles sit in 64th in college football in terms of team defense, allowing 22 points per game. The opposition is running 3.8 yards per run for 123 yards on the ground per contest in their campaign. Over the course of this year, they've allowed 369 rushing yards to three games. Concerning passing yardage, the Seminoles have given up 805 yards, which ranks them 104th in the nation, something they must clean up in order for them to win this ballgame. As for the Tigers, they come into this game with a 2-1-1 record. The last time they took the field, the Tigers went home victorious with a score of 48-14 against the Florida Atlantic Owls. Cade Klubnik had three touchdowns, and he walked away from the contest with 169 yards on 16-27 passing. His QBR rating is 148.5. He kept the ball away from the defense, so he made no mistakes, throwing no interceptions. Phil Maffa carried the rock five times for 42 yards, finishing the game with eight yards per attempt. The Tigers finished the game with a total of 367 yards or running 66 plays. As for Clemson, they've rushed the ball 4.9 yards per carry on the 33 attempts for 163 on the ground conceding on the defensive side of the ball, 36 attempts for 83. Very stout defense they have, getting the penetration they need up front and getting it done. 
As for the Tigers' pass defense, they gave up a completion percentage of 58%. 27 of 46 for 210 yards. When looking at their ability to score points, the Tigers are 20th in Division 1, holding an average of 40 points per contest. The Clemson Tigers maintain an average of 489 yards per contest, ranking them 20th in the nation. Upper echelon offense, upper echelon defense, they are a great team this season. And the Tigers have a total of 818 yards passing, with as an average of 272 per outing. They rank 39th on their defensive front. The Tigers are giving up 19.7 points per game, ranking them 50th in the country on the defensive side of the ball. Clemson has yielded a total of 294 yards on the ground attack, allowing 98 yards per contest. So, in this ball game, it's going to be a trench fight up front, a battle between the offensive line, defensive line, and opening up those holes on both sides. But in this game, I believe the Florida State Seminoles are going to have an edge. That's who I'll take in this game. Now we're on to our next game of the NCAA College Football Pick'em segment of Week 4. And this is between the University of Colorado Buffaloes versus the University of Oregon Ducks. The Colorado Buffaloes step onto the field. Coach Prime roaming in the air, changing the culture of this program. And they have a record of 3-0 this year. In their last game, the Buffaloes played against the Colorado State Rams and walked away with a win by a score of 43-35. Shador Sanders went 38-47 passing for 348 yards through the air and four touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 166 and finished a contest with one interception. Dylan Edwards led the offense in rushing for the Buffaloes with 10 carries for 57 yards as the Buffaloes ran the football 25 times in the ballgame and accrued 7 yards on the 70 yards on the ground. Overall, they tallied 72 plays, which gave them 418 yards, 35 passing completions on 48 attempts. Shador Sanders showing exactly how dynamic of a quarterback he is, getting outside the tackle box at the same time proficient on his throws. His mentor that he looks up to is the great Tom Brady, and he has been trying to figure it out. In terms of stopping the run, the Buffaloes gave up 102 yards on 39 attempts. A very great day and stuffing the run, so they have nowhere to run for the Colorado State team. But on the Colorado State side, they really, really kept it a ball game. But the Buffaloes have racked up 1,000 437 total yards over the course of this season. In terms of getting in the end zone, Colorado has amassed 10 touchdowns, four touchdowns on the ground, and they have surrendered the ball four different times. Colorado has accounted for 77 first downs as a unit, but the Buffaloes are ranked 105th in the college football regarding the opposition scoring, allowing 30 points per contest. They're allowing teams to run for an average of five yards per carry. 195 yards on the ground per game on the campaign. During the season, they have given up 586 yards. But here's the thing. When you have a dynamic of a team that works together and has a cohesive bond, they can make anything possible in a ball game. So, with that being said, they're going to be playing against this Ducks team who enter with a 3-0 record. 
The last time they took the field, the Ducks walked away with a victory by a final score of a demolishing 55-10 when they faced the Hawaii Warriors. Noah Whittington ran the football five times for 80 yards, chunking the way this guy runs, averaging 16 yards per carry in the contest. Bo Nix had three touchdowns. He ended the contest with 247 yards on 21-27 through the air, while his QB rating was 191.3. Astounding. Incredible. He didn't toss any picks, and his average yards per attempt was 9. So, Oregon relinquished 19 attempts on the ground for 59 yards, 3 yards per carry average. But the Ducks secondary gave up a completion percentage of 63%. And that's something they're going to have to figure out in this ball game, Because Shador Sanders likes to air it out long. Coach Prime likes to run those plays where they get back out of the backfield with Dylan Edwards. How are they going to figure out this tendency in this ballgame? With relinquishing 142 yards on 28 of 44 through the air, the Ducks finished the contest with a total of 560 yards, and they ran 64 plays. Oregon ran for 7 yards per attempt, finishing the game with 227 yards on 30 attempts. The Oregon Ducks averaged 579 yards per contest, which is good for fourth in college football. One of the most dynamic offenses to come into being. The Oregon offense has compiled 220 yards of penalties, though, on 25. So discipline is something they're going to have to work on in this game because the mentals part of the game is going to be the difference maker, which is good for the 12th in the nation in terms of helping out the other team which is not very good. So they got to figure out their discipline. They average 220 yards per game. The rush and have run for for 666 yards overall. They have given up zero interceptions while conceding zero fumbles, and they've earned 84 first downs. When looking at this team's ability to score points, the Ducks are sitting second in the country, scoring 58 points per game. A volatile offense of a fair. Oregon has given up a total of 381 rushing yards, 127 per game. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do and clog up those holes. If they're going to put their ends in a wide nine, they're going to have to do that. If they're going to have to have their linebackers stuffing up the holes and playing better coverage, they're going to have to do that. But their one touchdown, by the way, of the ground on the game for this year They have given up five touchdowns through the air, as well as 158 yards per contest, which has them in 16th Division I standards. They have two fumbles recovered and four interceptions on the season. The Ducks' defense has been on the field for 190 plays, which ranks them 47th in the nation. So they got to figure out how they're going to get off the field. The Ducks are relinquishing 15 points per game, which puts them at 36th. Division 1, that's pretty decent. But in this game, despite all of this, I truly think the Ducks are going to get it done and they're going to hand Coach Prime his first loss ever as a Colorado head coach. We'll be right back with more NCAA College Football Pick'em segment. You don't want to miss it. 
Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Newton, 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key out of Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our next game of our NCAA college football pick'em segment. And this game is between the Utah Utes versus the UCLA Bruins. The UCLA Bruins step onto the field holding a record of 3-0 for this season. In their last matchup, the Bruins faced the North Carolina Central Eagles and went home with a win by a final score of 59-7. Anthony Atkins was the best rusher for the Bruins with 10 attempts for 96 yards. Dante Moore finished 8-12 of with 182 yards passing and two touchdowns. He had quarterback rating of 249. That, folks, is unreal and finished the contest without throwing a pick. In the running game, the Bruins gave up 90 yards on 37 tries, which averages out to 2.4 yards per run allowed. UCLA conceded 17 completions on 31 attempts for 142 yards, a completion rate of 54%. Overall, they had 56 plays, which converted into 614 yards. The UCLA Bruins ran the football 39 different times in the ball game, totaling 404 yards. I can't make this up. Every single time in this ball game, they averaged a first down per rush. That is unbelievable when you're taking that many carries inside of a ball game that much. And the Bruins have racked up 1,581 total yards for the year. In terms of scoring touchdowns, UCLA has amassed eight touchdowns passing and eight touchdowns on the ground. They have turned the ball over six different times. 
UCLA has a count of 468 first downs, and they have committed 18 penalties for 164 yards as a unit. They hold an average of 270 yards in a run game, ranking them third in Division One, Elite. So when it comes to scoring points, the UCLA Bruins are averaging 40 points per game. The Bruins are ranking 8th in Division 1. When it comes to team defense conceding 10 points per game, they are allowing 2 yards per rush, 69 yards on the ground for the campaign. During this time, they have given up 209 yards rushing to 3 games. When it comes to passing yards, the Bruins have conceded 627 yards, which puts them 62nd in Division 1. They have conceded 209 yards per contest, the pass, in addition to allowing completion percentage of 58%. Over the course of this season, they are giving up 278 yards a game, putting them 25th in college football. They have surrendered two touchdowns in the pass game, as well as one touchdown on the ground. Now, for the Utes. They head into this contest with a 3-0 record. When they last stepped on the gridiron, the Utes walked away with a victory by a final score of 31-7 when they faced the Weber State Wildcats. Nate Johnson had a touchdown, and he finished the game with 193 yards on 13-21 passing. While his QB rating was 154, he didn't toss any interceptions. And that's a key when you're trying to develop your team. Not making mistakes. Excellent job. But Nate Johnson carried the ball 16 times for 71 yards, ending the contest with 4 yards per attempt. The Utes finished the game with 424 yards while running 73 plays, 5 yards per play. Utah ran for 4.4 yards per carry, finishing with a 231 yards on 52 attempts. Utah conceded 19 run attempts for 61 yards. And the U.S. passing defense gave up a completion percentage of 48%, surrendering 66 yards on 11 of 23 passing. The Utah U.S. averaged 356 yards per outing, which ranks them 87th in the Division I. The Utah offense has racked up 131 yards of penalties on 17 infractions, which is good for 75th in the nation in terms of hurting your team. They have an average of 186 yards per game on the ground and have run 500 yards of total offense in that regard. But for this year, the Utes currently sit at 511 yards passing along with an average of 170 yards per contest, making them 115. But Utah has surrendered a total of 195 yards on the ground, 65 yards per game. So in terms of being able to fill up those holes, uh, making them be a great run-stuffing defense. It's going to be very hard for UCLA to run the ball on them, and we know that's part of their specialty, being able to get their backs outside, on inside the five holes, and running it in that regard to really, truly captivate that defense. But in this game, I'm going to take and an upset, a UCLA Bruin victory. And that's going to be a grinded out game. Once again, I think it's going to be in the battle of the trenches of where this game is going to be won. And how the linebacker crew is going to be able to uh, fill the gaps in terms of those exotic blitz packages. 
we'll be seeing a lot of them between these two teams. Very head heading hit very heavy hitting performances from both these teams. But now we're on to our next game of the NCAA college football pick'em segment. We've got a thriller for you between the Ole Miss Rebels versus the University of Alabama Roll Tide. The Ole Miss Rebels come into the contest with a record of 3-0. In their last matchup, the Rebels stepped onto the field against Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and earned the victory with a final score of 48-23. Jackson Dart finished 10 of 18 with 251 yards passing and one touchdown. He had a quarterback rating of 191 and finished the contest with no interceptions. Very clean football for Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart was also the best rusher for the Rebels with 14 attempts for 136 yards, a Swiss Army knife in this ballgame. At the end of the game, they had 56 plays for 550 yards and the Ole Miss Rebels end up rushing 37 times for 299 yards on the ground which came out to 8 yards per clip when it came to stopping the run. The Rebels gave up 167 yards on 47 attempts. So Ole Miss allowed 28 pass completions on 42 tries for 307 yards and a completion percentage of 66%. So in this ball game, when you're talking about the ball in the red zone, the Ole Miss Rebels are sitting at 52 points per game. As a team that's averaging 177 yards rushing, ranking them 50th in the nation, the Rebels have earned 1,580 total yards over the course of this year. When it comes to notching touchdowns, Ole Miss has amassed nine touchdowns through the air and nine on the ground. Ole Miss has rushed 69 times. No. As a team, they had been flagged 17 infractions for 156 yards. They have turned the ball over two different times. When talking about yards through the air, the Rebels are giving up 680 yards, which puts them in 80th in the country. They have surrendered 226 yards per game. The pass allowed a completion percentage of 54%, and they have surrendered 350 yards in the outing. They have yielded three touchdowns through the air and three touchdowns running the football. But What's interesting in this game is that the Jackson Dart scenario, he didn't throw that many passes in order for them to be so successful in the game. But the fact that you have a dynamic rusher and a quarterback who is able to get over 100 yards rushing makes them a very tough team to beat. As the Crimson Tide team, they come into the contest with a 2-1 and one record. The last time they took the field, the Crimson Tide took home the win by a final score of 17-3 against the USF Bulls. Rodell Williams carried the ball 17 times for 120 yards, walking away from the contest with 7 yards per attempt. Ty Simpson walked away with the contest with 73 yards on 5-9 of nine through the air, while his quarterback rating was 123. He didn't throw any picks, which is a very pleasing thing. In that regard, the Alabama relinquished 46 rushing attempts for 171 yards as the Crimson Tide passing defense conceded a completion percentage of 50%, surrendering 87 yards of 14-28. to 28. 
So their defensive backs are doing a very great job. Well, anytime you're allowing an offense to throw the ball for less than 100 yards, the bump and run coverages, very stout indeed. But the Crimson Tide finished the contest with 310 yards, and they ran 65 plays. Alabama ran the ball for 4.8 yards per attempt, finishing the contest with 203 yards on 42 attempts. The Alabama Crimson Tide have averaged 367 yards per outing, which ranks them 83rd in college football. Their average 171.7 yards per game through the ground and have rushed 515 yards in the year. They have thrown two interceptions while allowing opponents to recover one fumble. But Alabama has conceded a total of 354 yards, 118 yards per game. So they got to clean that up in that regard in order they're going to have a chance to win this ball game. So they have surrendered four touchdowns passing as well as 189 yards, which has them ranked 38th in college football. They have earned two fumbles and two interceptions so far this year. And the Crimson Tide defense has taken part in 210 plays, ranking them 96th in the country. The Crimson Tide are relinquishing 14 points per contest, which has them ranked 27th in the nation. But what's interesting in my mind is that Jackson Dart's going to be a dynamic player through the ground game and getting out of the tackle box and making those throws. So with that being said, I think I'm going to take the Ole Miss team. Those Rebels are going to get it done. But now, we're going to be updating you with our next game of our NCAA College Football Pick'em Segment. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. How do you make the most of your land? 
everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down. And maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the Kia at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our next segment of the NCAA college football pick'em action. And this game is between the Oregon State Beavers versus the Washington State Cougars. The Oregon State Beavers come into this matchup with a record of 3-0 for this season. The last time they took the field, the Beavers played the San Diego State Aztecs and earned the victory with a final score of 26-9. Damian Martinez was the leader on the ground for the Beavers with 15 attempts for 102 yards. DJ Uliaglia connected on 14-30 with 284 yards through the air and one touchdown. He had quarterback rating of 123.9 and finished the game with two picks against the run the Beavers give 70 yards on 34 attempts which averages out two yards per carry Oregon State conceded 20 pass completions on 32 tries for a total of 256 yards and a completion percentage of 62 and a half percent when all was all said and done. They ran for 62 plays for 475 yards. The Oregon State Beavers ran the rock 32 different times and totaled 191 yards, earning them 6 yards per carry. So, in that regard, they have definitely been able to rush the football pretty well. But in terms of putting points on the board, the Oregon State Beavers are averaging 41 points per game. Offensively, they've maintaining an average of 219 yards on the ground, which has them sitting 14th in the college football rankings. The Beavers have earned 1,398 yards in total offense for the season, 
in terms of distribution of touchdowns. Oregon State has amassed seven touchdowns in the passing game and eight rushing touchdowns. Oregon State has earned 70 first downs as a team, and they have been flagged for 15 penalties for 141 yards. They have earned the football. They've turned the football over two different times, and the Beavers rank 11th in the college football regarding an opposition scoring, giving up 11 points per game. They are allowing teams to run for an average of two yards per run, an excellent suffocating run-stuffing defense. 57 rushing yards per contest so far this year. Over the course of this season, they've allowed 173 running yards through three outings. Concerning the passing yards, the Beavers are giving up 607 yards, which ranks them 53rd in the country. They are allowing 202.3 yards per outing through the air, as well as conceding a completion percentage of 59%. So for the year, they have relinquished 260 yards per game, which puts them 13th in the nation. They have yielded two touchdowns through the year, as well as two touchdowns pounding the rock. As for the Cougars, they come into this game with a 3-0 record. The last time they took the field, the Cougars got the win with a final score of 64-21. When they faced the Northern Colorado Bears, Cameron Ward had four touchdowns, ending the game with 327 yards on 20 of 26 passing. While his quarterback rating was 233, which is unbelievable, by the way, he didn't toss any picks. So Dylan Payne ran the ball seven times for 71 yards, finishing the contest with 10 yards per carry. For Washington State, the Cougars finished with a total of 718 yards while running for 74 plays, averaging nine yards per play, which is very good, by the way. Washington State ran for six. 0.4 yards per run, totaling 229 yards on 36 carries. Washington State surrendered 31 rushing attempts for 158 yards. The Cougars' secondary allowed a completion rate of 60%, surrendering 208 yards on 18 of 30 passing. When looking at their ability to score points, the Cougars are ranking 6th in the country with 48 points per outing. The Washington State Cougars have an average of 535 yards per game, which has them ranked 7th in college football. The Washington State offense has accrued 127 yards of penalties on 16 infractions, which is good for 79th in the nation. They have given away one pick while losing two fumbles, and they have earned 80 first downs during the season. To this point, the Cougars have earned 1,206 yards through the air, as well as holding an average of 402 passing yards. So, this ranks them third in college football, elite in that regard, but they have an average of 133 rushing yards per game and have run 400 overall. The Cougars are allowing 22 points per game, which then puts them 69th in the nation. But Washington State has conceded a total of 285 yards on the ground thus far this season, 95 yards per game. In addition to two touchdowns on the ground this year, over the course of the season, they have surrendered 67 total points. They have allowed five touchdowns through passing, 268 yards per game, which puts them an abysmal 111th in Division One. The Cougars have the defense that has been on the field for too much amount of time. When your defense is on the field for 194 plays, that's far too much. 
They have compiled three fumble recovered and two interceptions on the campaign. But in this game, I'm going to go with the Washington State Cougars in this one. I think they'll pull this one out. But now, we're on to our next game of the NCAA College Football Pick'em segment. And this game is between the University of Iowa Hawkeyes versus the Penn State Nittany Lions. The Iowa Hawkeyes come into this matchup with a record of 3-0 this year. The last time they stepped onto the field, the Hawkeyes played against the Western Michigan Broncos and took home the win by a score of 41-10. Cade McNamara finished 9-19 with 103 yards passing and two touchdowns. He had a QB rating of 106 and ended the game with two picks. LaShawn Williams was the rushing leader for the Hawkeyes with 12 attempts for 145 yards. 12 yards per carry, folks. That right there is amazing piece of running. The Iowa Hawkeyes rushed the ball a total of 43 different times and accumulated 200 54 yards, which came out to an average of 5.9 yards per attempt. When that was all said and done, they tallied 65 plays, which converted into 387 yards. Iowa relinquished 7 completions on 18 attempts for a total of 122, and a completion percentage of 38%. So, their defense in the passing game really getting it done, lockdown corners, lockdown secondary and getting it done over the middle of the field. Against the run, though, the Hawkeyes gave up 117 yards on 36 attempts, which is, I'd say, nearby average with thirty with 3 yards per carry they have allowed. But the Hawkeyes have racked up 906 total yards for the year. With reference to distribution of touchdowns, Iowa has compiled 4 touchdowns through the air and 5 on the ground. They have given the ball to the opposition 3 different times. Iowa has accrued 46 first downs offensively, and they have been called for eight penalties for 55 yards. Offensively, they're holding an average of 151 yards per contest on the ground, which is 75th in the nation, but they got to clean it up a bit. Concerning getting in the end zone, though, Iowa State, the Iowa Hawkeyes, hold on average to a 28-point game average. Regarding yards, though, through the air, the Hawkeyes have conceded 538 yards, which has them ranked 32nd in the country. They have given up 179 yards per contest in the passing game, allowing completion percentage of 56%. So for this season, they have yielded 286 yards per game, which ranks them 32nd in the nation. They have given up three touchdowns through the air and no touchdowns running the football. So they're allowing... 3.5 yards a rush, really decent in that regard. The Hawkeyes are ranked 19th, so they're able to be a top 25 defense in that regard, in that perspective. As for the Nittany Lions, they head into this matchup with a 3-0 record. The last time they took the field, the Nittany Lions got the win with the final score of 30-13 against the Lion-Eye. Drew Allar finished the game with 208 yards on 16-33 at through the air. While his quarterback rating was 101.4, he didn't toss any picks, so he played a very game-manageable football game. His average yards per passing attempt, 6 yards, but Katron Allen carried the ball 13 times for 54 yards, finishing the contest 4 yards a rush, 
Now, the Nittany Lions finished the game with a total of 383 yards, and they ran 77 plays, 5 yards per play. Penn State ran the football for 4 yards per attempt, finishing with 40 carries for 164. That is enough, I would say, to be able to keep the chains moving, be able to take time off the clock, which is something that they did in the ballgame. Penn State relinquished 29 rushing attempts for 62 yards. So, as a defense, they did a great job getting those linebackers in the box, stuffing up holes, and roaming sideline to sideline to make those plays. It's a great job. So, the Nittany Line pass defense gave up a completion rate of 56%, relinquishing 292 yards on 25 of 44 passing. In relation to their ability to score points, though, the Nittany Lions ranked 14th in Division One, holding an average of 43 points per game. Very high-powered offense indeed. The Penn State Nittany Lions are averaging 467 yards per contest, which is good for 26th in Division One. So they are a very viable option in terms of one of the better offenses in the NCAA. The Penn State offense has racked up, though, 100. 30 penalty yards on 15 infractions, which has them sitting 89th in the nation, which is something they have to clean up with discipline in order to be able to be winning this ballgame. They have tossed no interceptions while allowing opponents to recover nothing. And they've tallied 81 first downs. During this campaign thus far, the Nittany Lions have thrown for a total of 777 yards through the air and averaging 259 yards per game which makes it 50th in the nation. They have an average of 200 yards per game on the ground and have rushed for 625, which has them as one of the better rushing teams in the whole NCAA. The Nittany Lions are conceding 11 points per contest, ranking them 13th in college football, and Penn State has given up 290 yards rushing, 96 yards per contest, as well as four touchdowns rushing so far this year. So this season, they have given up 35 points in total. They have allowed opposition one touchdown from passing, averaging 170 per game, which has them sitting 22nd. So we've always known that Penn State has been known for their linebackers, their defense, and it's proven to be exactly why the legacy holds on for this Nittany Line team. So in this game, I'm going to go and take the Penn State Nittany Lions in this one. Now we're on to our last game of the NCAA College Football Pick'em segment. In this game, we've got the Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish ended the season having 11-1 record. In their last contest, the Fighting Irish played against Oklahoma State Cowboys and ended up losing by that score of 37-35. But Logan Diggs was the leader on the ground for the Fighting Irish with nine attempts for 30, 29 yards. Jack Cohen went 38 to 68 for 509 yards passing and five touchdowns. He had a QB rating of 140 and ended the contest with one pick. Against the run, the Fighting Irish conceded 234 yards on 44 attempts, which averages out five yards per run. Notre Dame conceded 34 completions on 51 attempts for a total of 371 yards and a completion percentage of 66%. But when the final whistle blew, they tallied 89 plays, which gave them a total 
of 551 yards. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish ended up running the ball 21 different times, but didn't get the job done in that regard. Only two yards per carry. Now, in order for them to be dynamic in this ballgame, they're going to have to get the push they need up front, open up the running lanes for all their backs, and be be able to uh, control the game there. But the Fighting Irish packed up 4,984 total yards for the prior season, but... Notre Dame totaled 25 touchdowns last at that point in time, and they turned the football over 13 different times. Notre Dame, though, earned 265 first downs, but this is a different team. In this game, they're going to have to figure this out. They're playing against a great Buckeyes team who wrapped up that last year with a 10-2 mark last year, and the Buckeyes did have C.J. Stroud, but no longer do they have that scenario. And uh, they had Travion Henderson that ran for 17 carries for 83 yards, finishing the contest with 4.9 yards per carry for Ohio State. But in order for them to figure out this game and be dynamic, Ohio State's going to have to get it done and figure out what's going on with their young quarterback. And rushing the football is going to have to be something that they figure out in this ball game because they're playing against a very stout defense in that regard with the Fighting Irish, something that they're very much known for. And I, despite of all of this, I think Ohio State, they allowed 1,436 rushing yards last year. But in addition to 16 touchdowns by the way of the ground over the last year, they gave 18 touchdowns through the air, as well as 246 yards. So, I mean, that's something they have to, they have to be able to clean up, per se, in order for them to be com- competitive in this game. But that all is something that were- remains to be seen, folks. I still think I'm going to take Ohio State in this game. But that's what I think about that. This concludes our NCAA college football pick'em action. We'll be right back with Music News. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worms' soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. 
WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Noonan, Georgia. And now we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about a famous punk rock band member recovering from the hospital from a pneumonia. Some 41 singer. Derek Wilbilly was rushed to the hospital due to a bout of pneumonia that wife Ariana Cooper Wibbly said could have resulted in heart failure. Derek and I were supposed to be in Chicago right now celebrating our eight-year wedding anniversary, but the universe had a different plan for us, wrote the model who married the singer back in 2015, wrote in his Instagram post. We spent the entire night in ER and will now be spending the next few days here in the hospital as he fights through pneumonia. She added alongside a picture of her holding Wilbilly's hand in the hospital and one of, of him being loaded out of an ambulance on a gurney. The scariest part is that there is a lot of strain on his heart, and they are telling us that there is a possibility of heart failure. This is obviously not our first time in a situation like this, but it brings back a lot of really difficult memories. Seeing him back in the hospital bed, connected to wires and IVs, Wibbly was hospitalized back in 2014 after years of alcohol abuse had caused his liver and kidneys to collapse, during which he was placed in a medically induced coma for a week to ward off withdrawal symptoms. Sum 41 announced in May that they were splitting up after 27 years. Together, following the release of their double album Swan Song, 
The post from Wibbly concluded with a promise to keep fans informed of the singer's progress. I know how strong he is because I have witnessed what he has been able to overcome. But that doesn't make it any easier to see, she wrote. I'll do my best to keep everyone updated, but if you could keep him in your heart over the next few days, that would be much appreciated. On Sunday, Wibbly provided that promised update on her husband's health, writing that Derek was discharged after responding so well to his treatments. He is now under the care of his mother, who is a registered nurse and myself. The pressure and strain on his heart and lungs have improved, and he is able to breathe without as much pain. Very good sign for the Sum 41 band member, who have, but Sum 41, who have been on the road this summer, on what they've said would be their final tour, are slated to play that when we were young festival at Las Vegas in late October, alongside a packed lineup including Green Day, Rise Against, 30 Seconds to Mars, The Offspring, Simple Plan, and many more. At the press time, a spokesperson for Sum 41 could not be reached for further comments on Wibbly's health or the status of the band upcoming dates. But we wish you the best of luck in your health and recovering for you and your family. Wibbly, you've been a great band member for this time, and it's very sad to see the dynamic of Sub 41 after this splitting up after the last 27 years because they've been a very decent band in this genre. But we'll be right back, folks, with our last story of music news. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Winokur are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, 
go to www.joinempiretroop.com. Riley Crow catcher with Corey Bank on WQE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our last segment of our music news. And this is about a rap pioneer with his latest track out next summer, maybe ending. But having fun while living life on your own terms is always in season for Tech 9. And the indie hip-hop pioneer illustrates how he does just that in the video for the latest single, Pull Out, featuring Head to Dawn. Sliding into a brand new red Maserati with butterfly doors, Tech 9 and the fellow passenger Head to Dawn cruise around Tech's Kansas City, Missouri stomping ground, meeting... So, on the no-holds-barred first-verse tech totes of his creds, they said, Tech, Anina, washed up, I gotta tell ya. But, here's the thing, he's not. I think he's personally one of the hip-hop legends with his bar structure and how he's made a difference in the industry. But when I heard that the beat from Goodrow then pull out Hook from the Head to Dawn, I knew immediately that the song would get them back on the radio and on the charts. And Tech 9 tells Billboard that this is just the beginning of the fire songs coming along for him. Released in July in the midst of celebrations for hip-hop's 50th anniversary, Bliss is a follow-up to the 2021 album that he made. So, the project marks Tech's 24th album with Strange Music Label, which will celebrate its 25th anniversary in 2024 with its forays into R&B and soul, alternative, and heavy metal, plus a host of guests including Joyner Lucas, Duran Burner, and Queen Herbie. So this is a great testament of what Tech 9 has had in his career. Between operating his successful merchandise empire and teaming with Kansas City's Boulevard Brewery for his craft, Beer Bulu, Tech 9 will be co headlining in his North American tour with a rock band and fellow genre busters. So, Hollywood and Nine Trek kicks off October 16th in Chesterfield, Missouri, and wraps up in Nashville, Tennessee. He'll have concerts in Chicago, Las Vegas, New York, and Atlanta. So, for more information, to take a look at Tech 9, you shall be receiving all the notations. But what can I say about Tech Nine in his career? He's been a difference maker in the community, serving the Kansas City community, and making a difference in giving back to the children of the community. Not to mention, he's also paved the way for a lot of rappers and a lot of hip-hop artists with his Strange Music label. Yes, Strange Music is not necessarily in the mainstream part of things. But I will tell you, that the way he operates and the way he has changed those artists' lives and getting the promos and getting them on tour with them, he has been very good with his artist management and his creativity. And Tech 9 has changed the way people thought of music, proving that you can take mainstream and underground sound and make it come together, calling it, I would say, the main ground. Tech 9 has been an influence for so many decades and he's making a difference every single day and not only his listeners lives but also his artists lives entrepreneurial and the community especially that business community 
Tech 9, thank you for everything you've been doing. I thank everyone who's listening on the nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank tonight. Thank you, WQEE. Everyone, get home safe. Have a great night's sleep. And we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.